Welcome to episode 4 of the Seth Hizzy Sports Podcast, where I give you all sports and no bullshit. We're going to have a very special episode coming to you today. This Saturday, April 7th, is the time I'm currently recording it. It'll probably drop It'll probably drop that same day, but if it drops on Sunday, I apologize if something big happens after the time of this recording. In this episode, we are going to break apart the NBA. I have my boy Emags joining me on the show today. He is, out of all the friends I have, he's my NBA expert, NBA guru, Spurs fan for life, and he is going to help me break apart the awards, the current playoff picture, and the NBA playoffs in general. And I think you are in for a treat. In terms of the NBA, I put this guy up there with the top. He knows what he's talking about. He knows how to break apart the game. And he knows. And he just all around knows the game of basketball. He's a smart man. And he's going to help me break it all down for you guys. So enjoy. I believe he's coming on in a minute. So until then, I'm going to rant a little bit. I'd like to start by saying that Kyrie had successful surgery today as a Celtics fan. Y'all know I'm a Celtics fan. As a Celtics fan, it is good to hear that. That is great news. However, it does worry me. It does worry me a little bit because, and hear me out, because it's tough for one guy to come back from a surgery, especially a knee surgery. Don't forget your other star, Gordon Hayward, and his broken, uh, broken ankle. Like... You, you have not only one guy coming back from a tough injury, you now have two. That's going to be tough. Uh, I hope they bounce back. I hope Brad Stevens, as a great coach, can continue to coach as excellently as he has. He's up there in terms of coach of the year. But that's an award, so we're going to break that apart later. I believe, I believe, Ethan's calling me right now. Let me pick it up. Let me answer. and We're going to dive right in for you guys. All right, so we do finally have Emags here on the Seth Hizzy Sports Podcast. And what we're going to do is we're going to start with the NBA playoffs and work into the NBA awards. We are going to start, like I said, with the NBA playoffs. We're going to jump right in with the 1-8 matchup on the East. You have Raptors versus Wizards. Who do you think is going to win and why? Um. Well, I know that Toronto in the playoffs, they like to disappear that uh, they're one of the teams that hypes up during the regular season and then playoffs come and they kind of turn to a Barney. Uh, I know the the Wizards are, their chemistry might be a little flawed right now with John Wall just coming back, but I think that Raptors are going to be too much for them. I think DeRozan's going to score 25-plus every game. Kyle Lowry, he'll, he'll come to life a little bit, but not like he usually does in the playoffs. Well, he doesn't actually come to life in the playoffs. He just isn't good, but I think he'll step up his game a little bit. Hey, 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 don't disrespect Kyle Lowry like that. Come on, Kyle Lowry is a above-average point guard in the league. Uh, he disappears in the playoffs, though. Okay, I'll give you that. I will give you that. I agree with you. I do think the Raptors will win. I think the Wizards will give you a run for your money. I, th- I think it'll be a six-game series. I think it's six or seven. I do think out of all the... Out of the top three teams this year, I think the Wizards are most likely to knock off their upper seed. I really do. Yeah. I really do. Uh, after that, you have 4-5, which is currently Cavaliers-Pacers. Do we even need to go over that one? 
Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think we do. I think the Cavs. LeBron's going to turn into a beast in the playoffs, like he usually okay. does. Uh, I, I think that series goes five games. All I think. Right. I think Oladipo. He holds his ground, plays well, but the Cavs are just going to stomp on the Pacers. Now, in the three-six matchup, I agree with the Cavs, so I'm just going to move right in. Three-six uh, matchup. You have the team with the largest active win streak right now. They've won 13 straight games. 76ers heat. I think this is another easy one. I'm going to say my opinions first. 76ers all the way. I trust the process. I believe in it. Even as a Celtics fan, I respect it. I think they're moving on. I do too. I completely agree with you. Um, Although we don't know how Embiid, how healthy he's going to be, I think the 76ers, they got back a two-point guard and Markel Fultz. Uh, I think the 76ers are going to be too much for the Heat. I know the Heat have been having problems with injuries with Whiteside. He's got some bad knees and hips. But I think the 76ers will prevail probably in five or six games, I think. All right, all right. I totally agree. And then for the last first-round matchup on the East, here's the one we're going to argue about, I think, and that would be Celtics-Bucks. Who do you have winning? Milwaukee. Why? I think the Celtics without Kyrie, Hayward, I, I don't think they can rely on Tatum and Horford versus the Hawk, versus the Bucks. I'm sorry. I think that, Giannis is going to go off. Giannis is hurt right now. He has an ankle injury, but I think the I think he'll come back healthy. They got Bledsoe, Middleton. But, but the Celtics have an All Star. We still have our third All Star. Yes, yes, yes. That's debatable, but Al Al Horford. Is is an all star? He's a five time all star. I still have the Bucks winning. Giannis is going to be too much. I, I totally, I totally disagree. Scary Terry, we're going to unleash Scary Terry, Jason Tatum, and Al Horford in the playoffs, and you're going to lose to the Bucks. Yes, I completely agree with that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Come on, Brad Stevens is the best coach in the NBA right now. The best? I mean, best he's definitely he's definitely on my coach of the year list. Not going to tell you which rank because we're going to talk about that later. But I don't see I don't see the Celtics coming by the Bucks. All right, I'm going to move right into the second round matchup: Raptors, Cavs. Hmm. Um. Well, I'm going to choose the Cavs clearly because LeBron just turns into an animal in the playoffs. Um. I think. I think for the Cavs to win this series. They're, they need to get the bench going. I think Rodney Hood needs to come off the bench and score. I think Jordan Clarkson needs to score quite a bit. Um, I know he's not on the bench, but Kevin Love needs to hold his ground as well. Um, I, I say Cavs in six. All right. Yeah, I, t- I, c- I couldn't agree with you more there. Uh, I do think the Cavs will bounce back. I think all the trades they did as much fun as they got made made fun of for some of their trades at the deadline, they've worked out so well. They, they've worked out so well, and they're one of the top teams in the East, as always. Um, here's the, the other matchup on that side in the East is why I think the Celtics-Bucks matchup is a little irrelevant. Uh, you... you in your your side of it, you would have 76ers Bucks. I would have 76ers Celtics. I think the 76ers win no matter who they play. 
I really think they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals should the playoff picture end where it is right now. That's my opinion, at least. I'd love to hear your take on that. Um, well, in a bracket I did, I actually had them going to the Finals. So you, going to you, the Finals. They're going to beat the Cavs? I think they can beat the Cavs. Wow. I am going to disagree with you there. Well, it, I think it depends on how healthy Embiid is. Because, I mean, if you look at it, they have a, a great point guard in Fultz who... He confuses me quite a bit, but I think I think he'll hand, I think he'll do quite well in the playoffs, even though it's his first year. Uh, I think Simmons will continue to be him scoring, rebounding, getting assists. But I think I think for the Seventy Sixers to be successful, they need Covington to hit his threes. Because I know he's a very streaky three point shooter, so if he can knock down threes, then that team can be pretty good against the Cavs. I think if they do play the Cavs, it'd be a seven-game series. Wow. Oh, oh, right. All right. So you currently have 76ers. I'm going to go with the Cavs. Um, I, I just Le, – LeBron's made it there so many years in a row, and I don't really think there's a team this year that is going to end that streak. That's my personal opinion. Uh, I, I respect the hell out of LeBron, but we will – go right over to the Western Conference. So I'm writing down these as we do them. And instead of Trail Blazers, I wrote Trail Brazzers, not gonna lie. <laughs> I 100% just fucking wrote that on my notebook. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the first time I've seen that word tonight, so. <laughs> I, I saw you'd find that funny. Um, that, that, that I wrote that down. Uh, so 1-8 is Rockets Timberwolves. I think that's an obvious one. I'm going Rockets all the way. Uh, they've just clicked in a way that they haven't in years past. I think Chris Paul, the addition of Chris Paul, has been huge. I think that's something that people underestimate. Uh, I, a lot of people consider him over the hill, getting closer to retirement than the prime of his career. But I think he's been absolutely phenomenal. Him, Harden, of course, no one will ever doubt James Harden in the beard, so I'm going to say it's Rockets in five. Uh, I'm going to go and say Rockets as well, but I think they'll do, and I think the Timberwolves will give them a run. I think there'll be like a five, six game series. I think Harden will just overmatch the entire Timberwolves team. Um, and I do know Butler is back and healthy. Well, he's back from injury. I don't know how what his health status is. But I think they have to get that chemistry back together, and I don't think they'll be able to do it by the first round of the playoffs. I totally agree. Uh, Jazz Pelicans, I'm going, I am going Pelicans. I think Anthony Davis just dominates. He's been dominant ever since Boogie got hurt, and I think he's going to continue that right into the playoffs. Um, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. I'm going to take the uh, Utah Jazz. I, I mean, think. I mean, you know, you know, I'm not hating. They got, they they have uh, Jonas Gurebko and Jay Crowder now. Like, I'm not, I'm not hating on that. I love seeing my former Celtics dominate over in the West. Going off that, I think, I think they're probably one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. And for a team to have, well, they're the they're the better they're one of the better defensive teams in the NBA because they took some of our best defensive players. <laughs> well, you also got to think that. They have Rudy Gobert, who 
we can I'll talk about limping around. <laughs> I think I think Rudy Gobert is probably one of the best rim protectors. He probably is the greatest rim protector in the NBA right now. You know, two point four blocks per game. Um I think teams like that teams that are playing the the Jazz when he's on the floor, when Gobert's on the floor, the team score around eight less points in the paint. And I think that if your main star is Anthony Davis, he's going to be scoring a lot in the paint. And I kind of just think that the Jazz will stop him in the paint. And the Jazz will, or the Pelicans will have to rely on outside shooting, and it's not really that strong. I know they have Nikola Mirt- Mirotic, Mirotic, whatever the heck it's called. Mirotic's. Miritits. Um, Nicholas Miritits. That's the name of the episode. Hashtag Nicholas Miritits. I just don't think the the um, I don't think the I completely forgot the team. I don't think the Pelicans, Pelicans. will. Uh, yeah, I don't think they'll beat the uh, Jazz. All right, Trail Brazzers and Spurs. Now, this one breaks my heart, but I, the Spurs did beat them tonight. Um, but I don't see the Spurs going anywhere in the playoffs. I, to- I, I, I totally agree, and here's why I agree. I mean, I, I love Dame Dalla, and I love CJ McCollum. I will always use them in 2K. But you got, healthy, them. you got healthy Kawhi sitting out, so. He's not healthy, Seth, all right? I just think the Trailblazers, I don't think. I oh, think the I Spurs hope, will get a, I, uh, What? I, I hope you know that the whole time we're going to be talking about this, like, I'm going to have, like, Dame Dalla's, like, album playing in the background. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, I just think the Trailblazers are going to be too much for the Spurs. I think the Spurs win one at home, but I know, like, in the past, Aldridge has known to have, like, one game or two really good games in the playoffs, but then he disappears. And uh, Aldridge I think, literally... I think Rudy Aldridge Gay will do really well this year, but Aldridge I think the, the Trailblazers regular- will win. All right. Aldridge in the regular season is like a stud and a half, and then, like, he turns into me in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I could fucking go out there and do what he does in the playoffs. I don't think so, but okay. I, what, what did he get last year in the playoffs? Like, one rebound a game, if that? <laughs> uh, no, but I know he dunked over Draymond Green. I'd like to see you go do that. Yeah, I'm not dunking over Draymond Green, but I can, I can stand out there and do jack shit. I don't know about that. I could f- I could fucking stand out there, stare off into the crowd, and look at look at look at just like random ass tricks because that's like all he fucking did. You look at threes because you can't make threes. Lol. Uh, the last matchup, obvious one, Warriors Thunder. I'm going Warriors. Simple and plain. <laughs> this is a, this is a tough one. I don't I'm think not- it is. I'm not sure how healthy Steph Curry's going to be, okay. whether it's true that he's going to miss the first round or not. But, but I don't think that matters. I mean, I'm going. I'm going to go with the Warriors, but I think that I think it'll be a seven-game series easily. I think Westbrook will be going off because he's playing against Cupcake and uh, Durant. Um, okay, we're moving on just because you fucking called Kevin Durant a fucking cupcake. Okay. Fucking, you, you just called, oh my god. Okay, Rockets Jazz. 
I'm going rockets. rockets. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, rockets. Okay, Trailblazers, Warriors. Um, I see by then Steph Curry's back. The Warriors are gonna be clicking again. Durant's gonna be scoring twenty five plus. I'm gonna take the Warriors in six games. I'm gonna disagree here. Really? And I'm gonna disagree for one reason. Steph Curry. Steph Curry is going to be the reason they lose that series. They are going to be clicking. They have been clicking without him. They're going to be clicking in the first round. And I think when he comes back, he's going to try to jump back to what he's known to do, and that's splash threes from everywhere and use his handles and his quickness. But he's not going to be there. So he's going to try to do too much coming off of injury, and he's not going to hit the shots he normally makes. And he's not going to accept that. And they're going to lose games because of it. I mean, Curry's a smart player. If he realizes, oh, I'm missing shots, he's he's a great all-around point guard. He's going to be, here, Durant, take the ball, you shoot shots. And Durant's I, totally capable of making shots. But at the same time, I still think he's going to want to be a star. And he's not going to have that in him. I don't, I do, he's been out too long to just bounce back like he's MVP. You know, you know, know. I'm still taking the Warriors, though. You, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, he, he's not going to be MVP, MVP Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Like, look at the main issue with Isaiah Thomas this year. I know that's a much different injury, but look at how Isaiah Thomas, especially when he first came back this year, tried to be all-star Celtics Isaiah Thomas, and look at how badly that backfired. That's not to that extent, but that's what I'm expecting out of him. Uh, Western Conference Finals, Rockets-Warriors, in your case. Um, for me, I'm going to take the Rockets just because I think they have a better, I don't want to say all-around team, but if you go by position, point guard, I think Curry Curry definitely has it over Chris Paul. Harden's over Thompson. Small forward for Houston, I think Ariza, I want to say. Ariza is no match for Durant. I think I think for Houston, one of the players they need to really incorporate is Clint Capella. I know the Warriors, they have JaVale McGee and that other scrub. Um, and that other scrub. Are you talking about uh, Zaza? Yeah, fuck him. Um, I, lo- I love Zaza. I, fuck I fucking love Zaza. But I just think Rockets are gonna shoot the lights out. Let's just let's just give a moment of silence for the tailbone of the Warriors' best player, Patrick McCaw. All right. <laughs> I, I I really I wish I'd do the best. Like I I hope he bounces back next year. Like I'd love to give him the MVP next year. Oh, he'll bounce back, yeah. Not MVP. Okay, you're drunk. No, like, I, I know he won't, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, wouldn't mm-hmm. that be a great story? Like, the like that video of him, like, squirming around saying he can't, like, feel his legs. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit was scary. Uh, I'm going to agree with you, Rockets Warriors, uh, just simply because I really don't have an opinion either way. I think it'll come down to, like, how the players feel those days. Like, who knows, maybe Harden wakes up with, the like, the fucking flu one day, and then he's not Michael Jordan, so he doesn't have the flu game 
and like the Warriors win Game Seven. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like maybe someone like parties too much and wakes up the next game hungover. Like you never know. Like these teams are too close, in my opinion, to judge that. So I'm just gonna go with yours, just so we can talk briefly about Rockets Seventy Sixers. Who do you have winning? Oh, the Rockets. Oh, okay. I think it'll be six game series. The Rockets are going to shoot the lights out again. Um, I don't think Clint Capella will do as well in the Rockets series as he does in the Warriors series, just because the semi wait the semi Sixers. I mean, my, my bad. Just because they have Joel Embiid, and he's just going to send back all of Clint Capella's shots. Um, but I I still have the Rockets winning it. And Harden as my finals MVP. All right. So let's just dive right into the NBA awards now. Uh, Most improved player. Uh, I know you told me before uh, in a text before I called that you have, like, top three. So let's start with three, work our way up. Uh, However, like, save the most you're talking for the ones, and we can, like, debate them out. So Mm -hmm. let's start with most improved player of the year. Uh, well, I actually have two honorable mentions real quick. Uh, Clint Capel and Steven Adams. Hi, Jason. I um, uh, just want to give a shout-out to my bro, Jay. He's going to love the fact you mentioned Clint Capella. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, at number three, I have DeMontis Sabonis. Um, he's just been playing a lot better since his rookie year. Uh, number two, I have Brandon Ingram. Uh, he's really turned it up this year. And number one, I think, is a given, Victor Oladipo. Oh, I told I, I could not agree more. Uh, he's he's up his points per game by nine points. His assists by two. His steals by one, and his plus minus went from one point six to five point one seven. I'm gonna give a shout out to the Pacers GM. Like, uh, like a hundred percent honestly, when he traded away Paul George, I thought they were gonna be fucked for the next five years. Mm-hmm. That's that's literally a Danny Ainge trade. Yeah. Like like if you look back at like the Garnett Pierce trade and like the Nets picks, like you looked at that and you're like, that's the dumbest trade ever and like it's worked out so well. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. kind of the feel I get from that. Alright. And so we'll move on to the next award, which is going to be the sixth man of the year. All right, at number three, I have I have one of my favorite players, and Rudy Gay. He has been lights out uh, down the stretch, but I just don't think he's been he hasn't been doing it all year, so I don't think he's number one. Um, number two, I have Eric Gordon. He's always up there for six men of the year because the Rockets. He just comes in, bangs threes. Uh, and number one, I think we both can agree is Lou Williams. He comes in and just lights it lights it up. I'm going to do my own little take on this, and I kind of want to say, and I know this is a short sample size, but I want to go with Scary Terry, Terry Rozier, just because of what he's done when uh, Kyrie's out. He, he he steps up from, like, borderline third, third rotation guy to, like, multi-million dollar contract guy. Whenever. Yeah, you saw in his first start. What, he got the triple-double, I believe. Yeah, that, like, it's so bizarre. Like, he's one of those guys, like, even as a Celtics fan, I'm like, do I really like him? And then he does that, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of do. Kind of like mm-hmm. Kelly Olynyk last year in the playoffs. Like, we needed someone to step up and have a huge game. 
and I think this is just like Brad Stevens coaching. And I know, I know we haven't gotten to coach of the year yet, but I'm making my argument for him right now just because I got on this sidetrack. I compare him to Bill Belichick of the NFL in the sense that, like, you take Bill Belichick and his system and you put random guys in it and he gets the most out of them. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at guys that leave the Celtics and I can't think of one that's played better. Avery Bradley is not what he was with Stevens. Isaiah Thomas wasn't what he was with Stevens. Yurebko, Olenek, uh, Crowder, Amir Johnson, Jared Solinger, like, no one that leaves the Celtics has been better than they were with Brad Stevens. I, I can think of somebody. Who? Gerald Green. He's been shooting the lights out in Houston this year. Well, he hit that game winner a couple nights ago. The only reason I disagree with that is I believe he only played for Stevens for half a year. He was still with Stevens, though. But not re- he wasn't he didn't get his name from Steve. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ger- Gerald Green, you knew what he he came to the Celtics, did what Gerald Green does, and then left. I I just I know he didn't get a lot of time in Boston either, so he couldn't really prove himself. But I think. But you look at guys like oh, I want to go to like uh, Crowder or or Bradley. And you expected so much out of them when they became like more of a star on their team, mm-hmm. and the, and they did they didn't even perform to what they did before, and that's yeah. kind of what I mean. Uh, like in the guy, the reason I want to compare it to Belichick, and I know we're getting into football a little bit, and that's Matt Castle. Yep. Like he literally does with guys like he he has like 20 Matt Castles on his team and they end up being first and second in the east like I give him uh, in the east first and second in the east I'm I'm referring to Stevens oh referring to Stevens first or second in the east and I think that's just highly highly respectable that's exactly what you want out of your coach give me a second here all right um, let me get to the next award. I believe the next award is Coach of the Year, but I just want to double-check my order just to make sure we stay on track. Here. We can do Coach of the Year next. Let me check my list. Yeah, it is Co- uh, Defensive Player of the Year, actually. Oh, all right. Number three, I have Paul George. Okay. During He was my number one during the week of, during the month of February. He had 33 deflections in only 8 games, which is which led the league. That's, that's a lot. Um, number 2, I have Joel Embiid, uh, just because he's allowing less than 54% of shots in the paint to go through the hoop, which is pretty impressive. Um, and number 1, Rudy Gobert. I don't, Draymond does not make my list this year. I think Gobert, Embiid, and George all top over Draymond. Uh, I just chose Rudy Gobert just because what I said before of his blocks per game being at 2.4 and him keeping 8 to 10 points off the scoreboard for the other team and just huge, especially coming down the late stretch in a game. It's just huge. All right. I I mean, I totally agree. 
I totally agree with your list there. Uh, those guys have all been huge defensively. And I feel like that's one of the more clear-cut ones this year. Like, in terms of the awards. Like, all the other ones, you can go, like, eight different ways with it. But that's personally uh, me. Most improved, I think it's clear-cut for Victor. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I forgot about that one. I did forget mm-hmm. about that one. Most improved does clearly go to Oladipo. Uh Coach of the year, I'm pretty sure your top two is going to be Dwayne Casey and Brad Stevens, right? Uh, Yes. Okay, so let's not even bother with a third because, like, I think top two is clear-cut, but it's a matter of which one of the two. Well, my number three is Greg Popovich because he's probably yeah. the greatest yeah, okay. coach fuck, fuck in off. the history of the NBA. Fuck off, He's, like, okay. the Popovich of the NBA. But um, number two, I have Dwayne Casey. Okay. His, he's he, – no doubt he's been a great coach this year, uh, but – he hasn't had the injuries to his team like Brad Stevens has. You know, Kyrie out. Um, Jalen Brown's been out for a handful of games. Uh, Gordon Hayward's been out since the very first day of the season. And look where they are. They're second in the East, I believe. Yep. And that's just great coaching by him. I totally agree. And I do think you have to, like I said before, the way he gets the most out of every guy on his roster. Like, you look at this year, and no offense, I know you love him, Aaron Baines. Like, whenever I think we've gotten everything we can get at Aaron Baines, he goes and hits two threes in the first quarter. Like, (laughs) he only has one three in his career and then hits two in the first quarter. And, like, Marcus Morris has given us, like, more than he's done in the past five years. And I think that's huge. Uh, rookie of the year. Mine's Tatum, by the way. Like, I know everyone hates on that. But I, I love the fact he stepped in, take the, took, a, took, take, took a big role in the offense and has helped lead this team to the second seed in the East. See, I know a lot of people consider Ben Simmons as a rookie. It's his first I disagree. official NBA season. I I can't I hate that. I think he's been with the team for he's been in the gym watching film, shooting around with the team for a year. I don't he's not a rookie to me anymore. I think rookie of the year should come from the drafts right before the start of the season. So, I know Ben Simmons is most likely going to win it, which I completely disagree with. So, my number three is Josh Jackson. He's been playing lights out recently. He has, you, and, you and Josh Jackson. Jesus has, Christ. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> he has 17 games of 20-plus points this year, and he scored 36 four times. That, as a rookie, is pretty nice. Uh, number, number two, I have Jason Tatum, just because he's probably he's clearly one of the best rookies out there taking over because Kyrie is hurt. Hayward's hurt. He's he's been taking a large role. But I think number one would be Donovan Mitchell. Just because he's he's basically the Jazz's number one scorer. He's been averaging twenty points, four rebounds and four assists. And I I just think he's he's one of the top candidates for rookie of the year. Alright. All right, let's get to our last award, and then I'm going to let you go, and then I'm going to talk some MLB action, and then just wrap up this podcast. 
Oh, give me a second, just to uh, just to not draw it out too too long. Uh, who's your MVP? Hello, who's your MVP? What was that? Who's your MVP? Oh, number three, I have Anthony Davis. Okay, he's, I agree. He's been lights out without any cousins. I agree. Number two. Now, number <laughs> two, I have... This, this may be very controversial. I have James Harden at number two. Uh, it's only controversial to me unless you, have, unless you don't have LeBron as your number one. LeBron is my number one. Okay, then I totally agree. I just think a lot of people say James Harden's... Oh, he's a clear-cut MVP. He's, he's going to win it unanimously. I think... I don't think that's... That's true. They added a nine-time All-Star this off-season to help James Harden, basically. That's and, that's my thing, and like that's the thing people don't talk about when they're talking about MVP. It should be like who means the most to their team. Yeah, a lot. MVP, MVP a lot is like, oh, who had the best statistical year this year? Like last year, be. West. Well, like Westbrook last year, he was really oh, important yeah, I agree. to the Thunder. He, the Thunder, the Thunder. I don't even that Thunder team. I don't think wins twenty games if you don't have if you don't have Westbrook's year. Exactly. Uh, and and everyone's hop, hopping on that Harden bandwagon. I'm like, guys, that team makes the playoffs without him. Mm-hmm. Chris Chris Paul alone, with his ability to score and his ability to pass the ball the way he does, that makes that team makes the playoffs. It's it's not the number one team in the West, and it might not be contending to go to the finals, but it makes the playoffs, mm. and that says something. I think I think if you if Harden's not there and you're starting Eric Gordon, he he can still shoot the ball. He can shoot the lights out. He I mean he can't assist and rebound like Harden does, but they have compelled to rebound. They have Nene to rebound. But here's the thing: Eric Gordon plays defense. He does. Harden does does not play good defense. So I think what you lose on the offensive end with Gordon, you get in the defensive end. Yeah. So in terms of all around player, I don't think it's a real drop off. Like I, I mean, I think your team is still going to be up there and still going to be talented. I think Har- I think Harden is. I'm not going to say very important to the Rockets, but. He's definitely better than Eric Gordon, and Eric Gordon's not going to do what Harden can do on offense with the step-back threes, which are travels, and I hate it when it's not called. But I, I, just, I don't think he can pass the ball very well. I just think Harden's still better than him, but in terms of all around, I still think Harden's better. All right, I totally agree. Uh, we're approaching midnight here in my recording. Holy crap. Um, I'm going to let you go unless you have anything else you want to throw in real quick. We didn't talk about the MVP and LeBron James. Oh, yeah. Shit. You're right. How about that? Wow. I mean, I don't have much to say other than, like, he's better now than he was his rookie year, in my opinion. So, like, this dude's out here balling like he's 20. I mean, he's 33. His 15th season. Yeah, he's getting he's getting old, but... But he's getting he's getting he's getting forty point triple doubles, and he's he's getting better, and he's getting more athletic. Mm. He's the Tom Brady of the NFL. And if you, if you look, you, he's come back from multiple 15, 20 point deficits 
And, I mean, his numbers, he's averaging like Quote. 28 points, Quote 9 rebounds, and 9 assists. That's from a 33-year-old in his 15th season. That's that's awesome. I want it to be known I'm the first person to make that comparison. Like, Tom Brady? I, I, I want to be quoted on that. Think about what we've just said about him. He's more athletic than when he started. And we're talking about his ability to come back in huge deficits. And how, how he's performing at the top, at MVP level caliber, at an old age. Who, who is he? He's the, he is the, he's the Tom Brady of the NBA. Mm, I agree. Like, no one ever says that, but it's so true. And people hate him the way people hate Tom Brady. Mm. I mean, myself, I'm, I myself, I'm a big, I love LeBron. I love to watch him play. I, I, don't, I don't understand how people can hate him, but that's just me. I think it's still about how he left for Miami. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I, to- I totally agree. Like, that's the one knock I have on LeBron. Like, I know he does a lot of good charity work and shit. But if you're going to have a live TV event to announce you're leaving your your hometown team, like, if you're going to leave your hometown team, do it quietly. Don't make a spectacle of it. Mm-hmm. Like, he literally spent... All of his playing, like, from, like, elementary school to halfway through his playing career, he was in Cleveland. And then he was just, like, on national TV in front of kids from Cleveland, from the Boys and Girls Uh, Club. I'd like to correct you for a second. His high school and, not high school, but his younger years, they were at Akron, Ohio, not Cleveland. Ooh, an hour away, not even. Still different. It's the hometown. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. An hour away, that's like that's like being an hour out of Boston, like Springfield, Massachusetts. Boston teams are the hometown team. Mm. They're a short car ride away. And what's even worse is like he did it in front at the Boys and Girls Club in Cleveland, in front of kids from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You know how upset they probably were to hear LeBron James go, "I'm taking my talents to South Beach." They were. They were probably just as happy that he went not one, not two, not three, that's, not four, and only that's one. That's a couple. But that's my point. Like, he that move to Miami, he did it with such arrogance, and I think that's why people are, are such haters of him. Like, I disliked him for the whole time he was in Miami because of those two things. Mm. Like, he took, he took pride in being the guy that wanted to rebuild the Cleveland Cavs and make Cleveland a sports city. And then he bailed. Like, I, I, I have to admit, I had some disrespect for it. But I do, I respect him because he came back. He came back and won him a title. With that said, where do you think he's going to be next season? Ooh, I didn't think you were going to ask me that. <sighs> I honestly... I'm going to go controversial here. He's either going to go to the Lakers or the 76ers. I, I think he definitely leaves Cleveland. I, I have a tough, I have a tough time, like, making, like, making my decision of where he's going to go. Like, I, I'm, I won't lie, I've even considered putting the Knicks in that list. The, the Knicks. Yes. 
hear me out. What is the one knock? What is the one knock going to be on LeBron's career as a whole? The one what? What is going to be the one knock on his career? The one knock on his career? Yep. Think about his championships. Um, he couldn't do it by himself. That is true. And unlike unlike Michael Jordan, who needed Pippen, he needed a big three every time. I mean that he, that he, shows that showed in the um. I I don't remember which one it was. I believe it was. 2005? I think it was a... Are you talking about against the Spurs? Yeah, where he got swept. 2007. Seven, that's that's what I figured. He got swept. His team was like... It was him. Uh, it was him, like, uh, Zeldrunas Igdalskis and, like, mm-hmm. Anderson Varejao were, like, the and top the, three the, players the on that team. Just, and I think, like, guards were- Eric Snow... I think Eric Snow was on that team. <laughs> let me, I mean, he, let he me, was 22 years old. Let me pull up that roster real quick, because that roster is almost laughable, the fact that it made it to the NBA Finals. Like, I don't get, I don't get how that team made it to the Finals. Here we go. Give me, give me a second. Yeah, he had Shannon Brown, oh. Daniel Gibson, Drew Scott, Gordon, Scott, no, Larry Hughes, at, Scott Big Pollard. Z. Oh my god, they had Scott Pollard. Oh my god. They did have Danielle Marshall <laughs> Yo, from MVP, UConn. MVP of the league. Oh, I was right about Eric Snow. I was right. He was, he was, Eric Snow was the team captain. And Mike Brown was your damn coach. That, that, I, I, I just. Yo, LeBron James was think. fifth in salary on that team. What the hell? He was Larry Hughes made thirteen million dollars that year. Yes. Where is he now? Larry Hughes. Yeah. Probably uh, nowhere. He formed a basketball academy named the Larry Hughes Basketball Academy. Hmm. So I mean, at least he has that going for him. So but yeah, I just think that as he gets older, he's. I think he's gonna stick to teams that are young, and I can see him with the Seventy Sixers next year. But that's kind of like why I put him on like on on a team like the Knicks or the Lakers. There's no and I know um the unicorns on the on the Knicks, but the Lakers don't really have a star. And you could point to Isaiah, but look at Isaiah this year. So you won't look at him as like a superstar in the league type thing. Mm-hmm. I and think I th- next year, I, Lonzo starts over Isaiah. I mean, to me, it really just depends on what Isaiah shows up. Mm. If he can get healthy during the off season, I think he'll beat out Lonzo. But we'll, that that's one of those time will tell kind of things. Yeah. All, all right. So unless there's anything else that you want to add in, I'm gonna let you go so I could talk a little bit of baseball. Do a short little uh, five-minute rant on the Red Sox and then wrap this up because I'm pretty sure we're at like 45 minutes for this podcast already. Mm-hmm. Um, I got nothing to add. 
All right, thank you, Emags, Ethan. It was great to have you on here. Uh, I'm gonna tag you in the SoundCloud link. Uh, wrap it up for me, and it'll be great to have this drop today, Sunday. I look forward to having you on during the NBA playoffs. All right. Thanks, man. And now I'm gonna get into a little rant about the Red Sox. I know I recorded the first half of the podcast with Emags uh, last night, and I'm sorry for such a late upload, but getting it done with the spacing will allow me to talk about the amazing Red Sox game that occurred today in the amazing eighth inning. The Red Sox have won eight straight games, sweeping the Tampa Bay Rays again, and it was a heck of a comeback. They were down 7-2 to in the eighth, bottom of the eighth, Strung together six straight hits with two outs in the eighth. Uh, Vasquez getting the go-ahead, the tying RBI, and then being the go-ahead run to score with a amazing slide. If you haven't seen that slide, go on score.com, go on Ness, and go on ESPN. Look up that slide. That slide was perfect, beautiful, uh, and the best thing about it was listening to WEI after the game. He thanked Andrew Benintendi, uh, Betty Teddy, uh, Benny Biceps. He thanked Andrew Benintendi for telling him where to slide. I love that. I love that. That's a clear moment where, as a player, you could go, yeah, I did this, I did this, I did that, and we won. But he's like, no, that's on my teammates. It wasn't me that decided to slide at the front of the plate so the catcher couldn't get the tag on me as the ball just came in. No. He said, look, I didn't know where the ball was. Andrew, Andrew Benintendi, was waving me down, waving me to the front side of the plate, so I slid to the front side of the plate, and we won the game. I love that. I love that atmosphere. I love that type of mentality. It was a hell of a game, hell of a win for the Red Sox. 8-7 uh, to seven your final.